Welcome to On the Beat, the weekly podcast for LawOfficer.com, and we have a treat in store for you this week. Jonathan Parker, our newest author, is going to be joining us, but before he does, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the generosity of our sponsor, and the sponsor for today's show is Blue Armor. Blue Armor is the first supplement company designed for law enforcement by law enforcement. Blue Armor produces the highest quality of supplements on the planet, and they have proven that with their GMP certification. If the GMP symbol is not on your current supplement supplements, then you need Blue Armor. Only the finest for America's heroes. Blue Armor, they are in the pursuit of fitness. And I would encourage everybody listening to check them out at their website, bluearmor.com. That's B-L-U-A-R-M-O-R.com. We here in the office take these supplements on a regular basis. We've noticed a tremendous difference and quality really is everything. Thank you for joining us at On The Beat. And Jonathan Parker is going to be joining us here in a minute. He is a professional communicator, trainer, podcaster, and a pastor who is passionate about serving law enforcement officers and their families. Jonathan was raised in Savannah, Georgia, and after earning a Bachelor of Science degree in Criminal Justice and a Bachelor of Arts degree in Spanish, he moved to Cleveland, Tennessee to complete his graduate studies. And I can guarantee you when you listen to him, you're going to know he's still from Georgia, uh, but he's living in Cleveland, Tennessee. We're going to be honored to speak with him. He graduated from the Pentecostal Theological Seminary in 2006 with a Master of Divinity. And Jonathan began working with the Chattanooga Police Department in 2007 and has served on patrol as a school resource officer in inner city high school and as an adjunct training instructor for multiple agencies. He was twice named Officer of the Year for the Chattanooga Police Department, receiving two life-saving medals, including the Tennessee Governor's Homeland Security Award from former Tennessee Governor Phil Bredenson. Jonathan is the host of the excellent podcast, Watch Your Six, a weekly listen from myself personally, and he serves law enforcement and first responder families by providing practical resources in six critical areas to help them successfully navigate life and their career. Jonathan, Meredith, and their daughter Olivia are the founding pastors of Cop Church Chattanooga, a worship gathering for law enforcement families that launched in February of 2015. And Jonathan can be reached via his website at jonathanoparker.com or copchurch.com. Jonathan Parker, it is a great pleasure, sir. How are you doing? Hey, Travis, doing great. What an honor to be here on On The Beat today. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, it is incredible what you've been doing. Of course, we've known each other for years. I've been following your ministry and your law enforcement career and your speaking career for uh, almost a decade now. And people that have just listened to Jonathan Parker today, you need to understand you're listening to a guy that's really, I we used to say an up-and-comer in the profession, but you really have kind of at the height of doing a lot of really neat things. And we're going to get into that today, Jonathan. But before we do that, I just kind of wanted to get your, uh, you know, why you decided to go into law enforcement. What, why did you make that decision? You know, Travis, I really don't know how it kind of began in my life. I just know as from the time I was a small kid that I had a love for the profession. You know, I don't know if maybe it was watching Punch and John on Chips growing up, um, but I just always had a love for it. And so as I got older, I began to pursue that through my criminal justice degree. But at a certain point, I knew that, I had a different type of vocational calling and began to pursue Christian ministry. Uh, but then just as a, a converging of events in my life back in 2007, the door opened up and I joined the Chattanooga Police Department. Well, that's pretty incredible. I know Chattanooga has had their share of tragedies, Jonathan. And I know just recently this week, you guys had some, you know, really tragic things occur. Just kind of tell me what the mood is there in the community and how you're handling that in law enforcement. 
You know, we have had a very difficult time from the tragic incident on the Interstate 75 where a trucker plowed through cars and killed multiple individuals. Uh, just a month later, in July, July 16th of 2015, we had a terrorist attack. And then we've had some other mass tragedies, including the uh, back in November, the Woodmore bus tragedy, where six of our precious elementary school children were killed in an accident. Uh, and then an officer-involved shooting just about a week ago. And it has been very difficult, but, you know, cops are resilient. Um, I think that we do have some good leadership uh, in our community, and, and I commend them for the way they've handled it. The officers, I can't say enough about them. My brothers and sisters are absolute heroes. And, uh, but on the other side of it, I'm, I'm concerned about them because you can, a human being can only take so much, and so much has been placed upon us here in this community but that just reminds me of why I'm doing what I'm doing and how important it is for such a time as this. Yes, sir. And I know on your blog, and I would recommend everybody to go to it, jonathanoparker.com, you talk a lot about leadership and leadership in law enforcement. And you are a prime example of this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you own, you own a rank or a title other than police officer. But so many of us in the profession think you've got to be a sergeant or a captain or a major or a chief to be, to be a leader in the profession. And I'm here to tell everybody listening, that is the absolute not the case. Everybody that wears that badge is a leader, and you speak about leadership issues a lot. I love reading it. Just kind of tell our audience a little bit about your leadership philosophy and why we've got to push that leadership down to the lowest common, you know, that, that, that street officer that's working the beat. We've got, to, we've got to make sure they understand they have those leadership qualities. Absolutely, Travis. That's a great question. You know, my Master of Divinity program, uh, my graduate program was in ministry leadership and what i found out very quickly is that leadership is leadership is leadership whether it's the church whether it's the government whether it's the business sector or as several of my years of service have been in the schools whether it's school administration leadership is leadership and one of the things that you know is kind of discussed in leadership circles is that old adage of are leaders born or are they made and some people say well leaders rise to the occasion but whether leaders are born, whether they are made, whether they rise to the occasion, or whether it's some of all of the above, nothing has to do with anything about the rank on your, your collar. And so each of us has the potential to be a leader. And leadership, as John Maxwell says, leadership is influence. And so if we have the potential to influence any lives, and I would say those of us who are serving in this profession have a great deal of influence in our community, we have the potential to be great leaders. And so that influence is going to be used for positive or negative, one way or the other, whether we like it or not. And so it's, it's our goal, it's my goal, to strive to see that we, we serve in that position of leadership. You know, Kim Blanchard and Mark Miller wrote uh, a book, a little book called uh, The Secret, what, leader, what Great Leaders Know and Do. And as part of that, they call it The Secret, they go walk through the acronym of SERVE. And anywhere you go, you'll find out that truly great leadership hinges upon an attitude of service and a desire to serve other people, to see other people succeed, and to put others before you. And so no matter what position you're in, I, you know, one of the presentations that I do talks about law enforcement as a calling. And one of the things about a calling is being outwardly focused, focusing on other people. And we all say we got in this profession to help people. So we're influencing, we're helping, we're serving. And that makes us leaders, regardless of what, what rank you wear. Now, those who are in a higher rank, and you're right, I don't have any rank. 
um, you know, other than the field training officer and, and a training officer. But those who are in higher ranks have that much more of a responsibility to serve the officers under their command and their supervision. But I just encourage everybody, you are a leader, so learn the traits and the characteristics and the attributes that are going to make you great and pursue it with everything you've got. We couldn't agree more, and I knew you would hit that question out of the park because you're right on, Jonathan, and there's not many people I can think of that's a greater leader than even you yourself, uh, despite the fact, as you said, you don't have any rank. Rank means actually nothing when it comes to this. We've seen people with high ranks that are horrible leaders. We've seen people with no rank that are exceptional leaders. And what we need to do in law enforcement, and we talk about a lot here at LawOfficer.com, is we need to make sure that we push that leadership attitude all the way to the street cop so they can do exactly what you're doing and making great strides and great change in their profession. And speaking of uh, great strides is you're going to be speaking at Winex in Chicago on April 25th. We're going to be there at law, with lawofficer.com covering that event and covering you, Jonathan. But what an incredible honor. Kind of tell, tell our audience what Winex is and kind of how that invitation came about. Yeah, Winex uh, is Brian Willis and Roy Bethke, a couple of guys that are uh, the upper echelon of law enforcement leadership. And I am so honored and so excited about it. Basically, if anybody's familiar with TEDx talks or TED talks, they are short talks from leaders in the industry. And this particular industry, obviously, for law enforcement, and so playing off of Brian Willis's um, WIN acronym, What's Important Now, uh, they developed WINX, and it's inspiring excellence in law enforcement. And so there will be nine presentations, short talks, 18-minute talks, uh, nine different individuals speaking, and I do have the, the incredible privilege of being there to speak. And they've done it the last couple of years, and it seems to be only improving and only growing. Um, there's some amazing influence out there in law enforcement, and so being able to bring them together and put them on a platform, you know, the influence of the culture is ours to, for the taking. You know, we sometimes we sit back and we complain about all the negativity or we complain about what's going on out there, well, stop sitting around complaining about it and step up and do something and, and be an influencer, be a leader, and, and, you know, as the old saying goes, be the change you hope to see. And so I, I just commend Brian Willis and, and like I said, Roy Bethke, uh, for all that they're doing. I'm really excited about it and the opportunity to speak. And um, if all goes as planned, I'm going to be speaking uh, somewhat about leadership, but specifically about mentoring and the need for mentors in our profession, not just as field training officers for the job-related skills, but for the life influence, the life-related skills, so that we can uh, continue to serve with excellence in all of our lives and, and to actually navigate this career successfully and get out of it successfully in our retirement or whenever that may be. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. That's going to be good stuff. Of course, we're going to be there at lawofficer.com covering that event. You can find out more at lawofficer.com backslash winx. And on that page, you can actually, if you can't make it to Chicago April 25th, you have the opportunity to watch it live from our website. And you're not, you're not just going to be watching the speeches by Jonathan Parker and others. We're going to be giving you backstage access and interviews with, with each speaker before and after they speak. It's going to be good stuff, and Jonathan knows nothing about this, but we will see you in a few weeks, Jonathan, and we can't wait to hear that talk on mentorship and leadership. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. I didn't know anything about it, but it just makes me that much more excited. Well, Jonathan, obviously you've spoken about uh, leadership and, and, and you've studied, of course, uh, your graduate 
degree in Christian studies, and I know that that's a huge part of your life, as rightly any faith should be. Kind of tell our audience a little bit how that Christian faith, you know, how that shaped you into the law enforcement officer you are today. Absolutely. You know, some people may argue that you don't have to be a Christian to have strong morals or to be compassionate, and we could take up that discussion for another day. But I will simply say in my life that it has allowed me to be a superior officer, uh, in, in my opinion. And I'll just give you an example of that. Uh, one particular day on patrol, stopping with a panhandler who was out, I had gotten the call and had to run him off. And, you know, I could have just simply done my job, run him off, and I could have just done what many good cops do and just really talk to him, treat that individual humanely. But I believe being sensitive to the leading of God through his spirit that, that lives in me as a believer, that God was speaking to me to take it one step deeper. And as I began to speak to that individual, he began to open up about his hurts and about his pain. And I began to just offer a, a word of encouragement to him. He began weeping. And I can't tell you how many cases that has been the situation, whether it's a DOA and there when a family is in great despair to say, hey, you know, I'm here, I've got a job to do, but I care about you as individuals. Can I pray with you? Can I encourage you? And I've never had one person say no and get offended that I wanted to express that compassion and that love. And so I just believe that it gives me a sensitivity. It gives me a compassion. It also gives me a strength in difficult times. Um, it gives me an, a broader understanding of, of the deep things of life, the struggles. After July 16th at Cop Church, we had a, a special candlelight gathering where the church was packed. Over 150 people showed up wrestling with this issue of, of suffering and evil in our world. And, you know, the scriptures and reasonable discourse on all of these things there's, there's an answer to that. There's an answer to morality. There's an answer to suffering and to evil. And I believe that that answer is found in the scriptures and in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I'm not ashamed of it. I live it out. My advice to anyone, though, is before I go up preaching to anybody, I strove to be the best absolute cop I could be. And, and so I kind of brag on the fact that I was named officer of the year for two years in a row. And it's not because there were no other qualified or exceptional officers that were out there, because there certainly are, you know, but it was, I strove to be a good officer, an excellent officer. And out of that, it earned me the right to be heard and then to share my faith. And, and officers, they're hurting. Their families are hurting. They're struggling. They need hope. They need help. And even as we come up on this Easter season, this resurrection season, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, if in this life this is all we have, there is no hope beyond this life, but we don't have hope in the resurrection, then we are, of all people, most miserable because we've believed a lie. We've hoped in a lie. We've lived a lie. But Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. The historical evidence, the medical evidence, the archaeological evidence, and even the scientific evidence supports that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And because of that, we have hope, and it doesn't end with the tragedy that we see on our job because that's not the end of it. And so 
that's how it informs me, and I could go on all day, Travis. You get me wound up with that. Um, well, it really but makes it, me, but it's integral. It really makes me think about uh, the author Jay Warner Wallace, a former homicide detective, who wrote this book called Cold Case Christianity. And I recently saw a talk by him where he lines out, like, if 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 Christ is not real then here's the conspiracy that would have had to occur over multiple continents and over thousands of years. And when, when you listen to that, even if someone you know does not have any type of faith or religious background, you cannot listen to someone that looks at the hardcore evidence from an evidence standard like Mr. Wallace lays it out there and just not think there's something to this. And so I, I do want to say one thing. Uh, to you and and you've obviously been very very uh, passionate about your faith and very clear about that it, sometimes it does come up at work and we have so many police officers that walk around that maybe they're men or women of faith but they don't think that that faith can come and intrude in their in their personal life or their career and what kind of faith is there if it cannot be involved with you at all times and there is a way to walk with that i think you lined it out pretty well we're not you're not pushing faith down people's throats but it is a part of you and that part of you as you said can make you a great police officer absolutely travis you know, i just i actually on my podcast i interviewed uh jim j warner wallace and he talked about the reasons why cops uh, and our identity as christians work so well together because of upholding moral laws and truths and being case makers so I would encourage people to listen to that. Go listen to uh, to his podcast, his resources. Also get his book, Cold Case Christianity. Um, you know, but you're absolutely right. It's this may be hard to swallow, but my obligation is not to the thin blue line first. My obligation, my identity, is not to the American flag first. My obligation, my identity, is to my allegiance to Jesus Christ. I'm a kingdom. I'm a, I'm a child of the kingdom of heaven, and so that has to influence and inform all of my decisions and all of the way that I live life. And so, if I am an American, then you know what? I'm a Christian American, and if I'm a police officer, I'm a Christian cop. And so, it has to influence and inform everything I do. And and that doesn't necessarily mean that it is all in the way I speak or the things that I say, but it has to influence and transform my life. The disciples did not go to their death. Every single one of them, except for John, who wrote Revelation, the Gospel of John, every single one of them were martyred. And even he was persecuted and he was exiled. They didn't go to the grave believing some lie. Their lives were instantaneously transformed when they met Jesus Christ. So, so this idea that I can be a Christian but just continue to live my life anyway, that it's just an intellectual pursuit or it's just some sort of of intellectual confession that doesn't work faith is transformation and if it doesn't change the way you live then i would ask you to go back and, and question what you really got yeah and and you started cop church a few years ago and i i remember talking to you at the time of how fascinating i thought it was that you started a church really designed for law enforcement only i'm sure there's other people that go to the church that aren't law enforcement but just the very name of it really sort of brings it home to me cop church tell us about starting that church and kind of where that is today it's a very interesting story obviously i ended up in law enforcement even though i had this sense of a vocational calling so all this time i've been kind of trying to sort out okay god what is it that you have for me and then another part of my story that i don't have time to share today is is right after i got out of the academy and still training my wife suffered a massive heart attack and was clinically dead for over 15 minutes uh, it's a miraculous story that she's even alive today but the police department 
came around me and surrounded our family and took care of us in a way that that I words don't even fully describe that I understood what it was a, what it meant to be a part of the thin blue line and so seeing my calling seeing how good the people of this profession are I knew that I had to give back and I had to serve them and then obviously seeing all of the tragedy and so it all kind of culminated in this experience that two years ago we started a church and we gather on Tuesday nights and we have worship services for law enforcement officers we do have other first responders and even some civilians that join us we have kids church for the kids we have uh, worship and and relevant messages uh, we try to build a positive community you know there's so much negativity out there uh, it's, there's so many things to be frustrated and negative about that it, it's a, it's a sigh of relief to come in on a Tuesday night to join together, to encourage one another, to just be in a positive situation where if you are struggling, there may be another spouse that understands what your spouse is going through. Uh, there may be somebody else that there that can encourage you. So um, it, it's about faith. It's about family. It's about encouragement. And we're going two years strong now. It's incredible stuff. If you're just joining us, you're listening to On the Beat, the weekly podcast for LawOfficer.com. My name is Travis Yates, the editor-in-chief of LawOfficer.com, and we were speaking to Jonathan Parker, he's a police officer in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the founder of Cop Church. He will be speaking at WinEx this month in Chicago, Illinois. And Jonathan, you are one of our newest authors here, and I, I was really excited to get you on board. And you've, you've written a couple of articles. One, both of them will be published by the time this podcast is up. The first one you wrote was about marriage, and I think it, it was a fascinating article. It got a lot of attention online because you attributed the oath that law enforcement officers take. And we and what you say is, hey, we, we do that pretty well. We, 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 we take that oath pretty seriously. Why can we not take the oath of marriage just as seriously? And I think everybody listening understands that there are issues with many police officers' marriages and personal lives. And kind of tell us about what, what, what inspired you to get that type of idea to write the article and kind of your experience with that. You know, Travis, I can. Uh, although it doesn't seem like it, if you get around me and you get me fired up like you have today, I can talk and I can hold my own in talking about other subjects without just preaching the Bible, preaching religion, things like that that some may may initially think, oh, you know, can he talk about anything else? Yes, I can. And I can talk about the issues that are affecting law enforcement families. And that's the premise of the Watcher 6 podcast is that there are areas, yes, we have to watch out for ambushes and attacks and things like that, but there are other areas that are really having devastating effects on us, and that has to do with our mental health, our marital health, our money or financial health, and some other areas. And so, it just hit me one day, this story, and, and I tell it in the article, of how I had to get uh, a special deputy commission for the county where I work related to some job functions, and I about had a panic attack standing there before the clerk raising my right hand to take an oath with everybody around me looking. And I just began to process some things in thinking about the oath. And cops know oaths. We understand oaths. We stand up in court and we testify. And, you know, with all of the talk and all of the negative publicity about law enforcement, the truth of the matter is, is we don't tolerate those who, who tarnish the badge. And so I know there were some people in response to the article that maybe took offense to me likening tarnishing the badge to tarnishing the covenant of marriage. But it, it was to prove a point or to send a message that, you know, we look at the oath and the covenant of marriage, whether you stand up in a courtroom or a church or some other venue, 
and you basically swear an oath to your spouse in good times and in bad times, sickness and, and, and in health, till death do us part, to stick it out through the tough times and to make this thing work. And yet, by some estimates, anywhere from 50 to 75, maybe even up to 80% of marriages are in failure when it comes to first responders, especially law enforcement. And so the question just struck me, why is that? Why is it that we see no problem upholding an oath to our job, to the government, and to our brothers and sisters, but we can't uphold the oath that we took to our spouses? And to be quite honest, a lot of the reasons that people responded with when are just excuses, because the truth of the matter is, is we should make that oath a priority. And uh, so I just, I just believe strongly about it, and I think that it got a, a very, very good response from uh, law officer, you know, participants. Yeah, it was really incredible stuff. And you mentioned in your podcast, uh, Watch Your Six. And let me tell our audience, I mean, we're glad you're listening to our podcast here at lawofficer.com. But there's probably not a more moving uh, podcast that touches on the important, serious issues of the profession than Jonathan's podcast titled Watch Your Six. I just type it in to Google myself. You just type in Watch Your Six, spell out six. You're going to get the links. You're going to get the iTunes links. You're going to be able to subscribe to it. It's on my phone. I listen to it weekly. And and your two recent guests, you had Brian Willis on, of course, the founder of uh, Win and the co-founder of WinX. You've had another one of our authors on, Vicki Newman, who wrote a great book called A Marriage in Progress. And every week you're bringing in some really high-profile guests. You've got great people talking about this. And give us a little bit of your feedback on the podcast and what made you decide to, to really start what we know is a very labor-intensive issue of, this, of, of doing these podcasts. Yeah, Travis, um, part of it, and let me just say this, uh, I'm not in competition with anybody. I, anybody that wants to serve the profession, we have different audiences. Uh, we take a little bit uh, of a different approach, whether it's with On the Beat or some of the other great podcasts out there. Uh, my, my heart is simply to serve and to reach other people and to encourage and, and help and support any way I can. And one of the things through this process of starting Cop Church is I began to see that there are a number of issues really taking shape. And I'm actually heavily involved in our crisis intervention team for mental health crisis response, uh, the Memphis model, CIT, uh, here in the Chattanooga-Hamilton County area. And in a process of speaking to our graduates who come through that process of training, uh, this concept of watch your six, a play on words that we understand, watch your six, came about. And so I developed the podcast along those lines, just recognizing the need. And since that time, as I'm sure you're getting with, with your podcast, there's just such a hunger for the resources and a hunger for the support and the encouragement and the truth in a positive light. Um, you know, I've had, I had, I've got a paramedic friend who got connected with the podcast and through one of the podcasts was able to recognize that the, the issues that he was facing uh, related to post-traumatic stress uh, was not something that was unbeatable and he reached out and was able to get some counseling and get some support and, and is just doing much much better because of the awakening I guess you could say from hearing one of the guests on the podcast um, you know hearing others that are just being affirmed they're being encouraged to start uh, outreaches and different initiatives where they're at and I, I just, to be honest, I just think that this is the greatest time in history for us to be cops 
and for us to be connected with this profession, regardless of what you may see in other media outlets, this is absolutely the greatest time. And yes, there are some people out there are hurting, but this is when we rise to the to the occasion to show what we're made of and what we can do. And so I'm just getting amazing feedback of lives that are being changed and people that are being encouraged by listening to the podcast. We can't agree more, Jonathan. If you're just now joining us, you're listening to us here at On The Beat with Jonathan Parker. And it has been an incredible treat and pleasure, Jonathan. We can't thank you enough. You obviously have started writing for us here at LawOfficer.com, and people are going to love what you have to say. I think they got a little sense of what WinX is going to be like in a few weeks by listening to you here. We love the podcast, Watch Your Six. We love Cop Church. We love all these things that you're doing. And I want you to be an encouragement for everybody listening it's a little thing I call the topic of, I'm sorry, the power of one, where one person can make a tremendous difference in this great profession. And I think, Jonathan, sir, you are a prime example of that. We cannot thank you enough for being with us today. Thank you so much. It is, it is an honor, and I want to thank you and your team for all the labor you do because it is labor-intensive, and you all are doing a great job as well. You've been listening to On the Beat, the weekly podcast for LawOfficer.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening to On The Beat. Join us daily at LawOfficer.com for the latest in news and original content. For law enforcement, by law enforcement.